Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. tell us we were starting you just went right into it and i didn't do my normal hi guys welcome to mostly lit well you just did it yeah thank you hiya (laughs) (laughs) are you happy now i am kind of you know (laughs) how's it going everyone how's everybody i'm good i'm good i'm good you're just there with your hijab hijab. your hijab it's in my scarf it's cold man it's getting there it's not that cold since the clocks went back forward i love it actually yeah i do what when the clocks go back yeah, and it gets darker earlier, even though it doesn't do any good for my SAD. So. I actually like it. Oh, right. Your SAD? Yeah. What's yeah. SAD? Seasonal Affective Disorder. What's that? Is that a real thing? Yeah. <laughs> you yes. are joking. No, you I, get I it diagnosed. I for like ages and then like you get really depressed and down. It's and awful, I hate it. Like, Maybe I've got that. Go and get diagnosed. Go and see. Then, you know, I have a light box. Actually, no, let me not even be trying to attach all of these things to myself. <laughs> let me not. No, 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 no. No, you gave me a co- you, gave, well, you gave me a course of bit of in detail, and it was really cool. Like, oh, felt, felt, happy, felt happy for a, like a hot minute. I really want to. <laughs> I really want to give it a go, actually. Because right. you know, when it gets to night time, mm-hmm. I start feeling really like low and depressed. Like, and when the days become sleeping. shorter as well, it's a bit. Mm. It's a bit shit. I mean, most people are probably suicidal in the morning. Some, I mean, some, some also at night, I guess, when really? it's silent. Yeah. A lot of people don't like the silence. I feel it was just the prospect of a new day that really gets people down. Like, oh, I've got to probably go through this pro- again. Probably pursuing the night. Well, the anyway, night welcome to Mostly Lip. Wow, okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know how it got dark so quickly. Um, <laughs> the clocks went back. That's what happened. Um, um, but yeah, so what's everybody it? reading? Um, I'll start with you. Me? <laughs> yeah, I how many books you. are you reading this week? Or have you read this week, Derek? Um, what was that? Oh, was that reading I Robot by Isaac Asimov? There's, yeah, you're like obsessed. Ooh, there's this really the first short story in that book is amazing. Like I it's Robot. really, yeah, it's, Robot, yeah. it's really it really makes you think about because I think the way he places robots in the book, I'm assuming is kind of like any person who is dehumanized. Mm. Um, so it's really interesting. There's a story I can't, I can't remember what it's called, but it's about basically a robot who is a nurse for this little girl and the little girl's really attached to the robot 
and then the mother's kind of like this is weird like we need to get rid of this fucking robot <laughs> and then she's she, the little girl's basically like it's a, he's, he's my friend like he's a person to me mm. um anyway it's just it's just really well told and yeah in the end the robot saves her when she's about to die and whatnot whatnot um okay. not that she she sees him in the warehouse where they was doing like a tour because they thought if we show her how robots are made and how mechanical they are then perhaps she will stop seeing it as a person mm. so they took her to this place and then she saw the robot they had taken away from her there and she started running to him and then she nearly got run over oh but then God. the robot saved her and then the mother who the wanted to get rid of the robot, the robot. yeah but the, no, what? That's a, that's a level of humanity within the robot no because the robot didn't have that no, kind of instinct no no that, that particular robot was made to protect okay. the girl anyway oh, right, okay. but obviously the mother was kind of like oh just get rid of it i don't care but when she saw it save the mm. little girl she was just kind of like pointing to her husband like you set this up i know you set this up just sort of you wanted because you wanted me to see that the robot was good blah 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 and he was just kind of like yeah i did it's quite interesting how like we view like um ai, AI and stuff and what we deem to be humanity like when you say that that um an aspect of humanity in the robot like what what is that do you know what i mean and what is that thing that makes someone human what is a person i'm hearing that they're doing like robot pets now and robot dogs and stuff Hmm. i don't know they'll be i think i'm a bit bit skeptical in already i'm not i think we it will get to a point where there are robots doing things i mean there are robots doing things not obviously not humanoid robots but obviously robots in warehouses right even like your phone is a robot like do you know what i mean it is a sort of you can yeah. tell it you can tell it's an alarm exactly an alarm. but i think what um needs to be distinguished is you feeding knowledge into this thing and basically doing carrying out the job that you've set it mm. and how how does it then do new things that you have not told it to do right do you know what i mean and how does it learn to do that and i think that process is quite interesting mm. i think there's robots now that can do that really computers can do that yes but because it has a foundation Mm. and it works from the information that it was fed to create new things right but it's not completely out of the blue yeah so that's like people then we can only i suppose so but then i think there is definitely something within us that makes us human the spark that is The, the, the all spark it's so funny. I, I'm seeing what you're typing on the yeah, Google Drive. What book? Isaac Asimov. Yeah, Isaac Asimov. He wrote it. I wrote but And I also read another good story by him called um, The Last Question. It's fucking better than The Last Trump. It's so good. And you're I'm like, not. You like his end of days books, though. I'm not even going to tell you what it's about because I'll ruin it for you, but it's amazing. I think it was even his favorite short story that he'd ever written. Right, did he okay. say that? I think he did, yeah. Interesting. It's so good, so I have good. To look into those. Can I add those to my? His short stories are really good. Do you, like, do, does he does he does he have a collection or does he sell? Them yeah, he's got. Them? I think he's got three collections of short stories. Right, okay, I'm gonna go through them. Definitely look. go through. I've got volume one and volume two. Yeah. The last Trump and the last question. And I think it's Nightfall, which is good. They're in volume one, I think. Mm. Right. Okay. Um. But yeah, they are really, really, really good. I think that's all I've been reading this week. You know. Mm. Is that all I've read? Yeah, I think that's what I've read this week. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, I've finally finished Bloody August Town. Yeah. You know, like, honestly, I hate when, I, when it takes me so long to finish a book, I just look at it with disgust. I'm mm. just like, oh, God, I'm still here. But as I said, like, I really encourage everyone to go and read it. Um, 
Oh man, it was it was it was emotional, more emotional than I actually thought it would be. And he's very much a show off in what what he's read. But funnily enough, the essay that you told me to read this morning, um, I think you mentioned that um, the author is very like outlandish and he uses words and phrases and oh yeah yeah he does last yeah. week. And I didn't know that it was that same author. And I okay. was like, oh, he's such a show off. Like, look what he's doing in this essay. That is nothing. I think he was such a show off. I was like, oh God, you could have said that in such a simple and more concise way. Mm. You but you were doing creative. roundabouts. Um, so yeah, and I've started reading Philip Pullman's um, La Belle Sauvage. Book of yeah, the Book of, of Dust. Dust. And um, I'm only like just a bit in it, but I'm, I, it's, it's very slow. It is very slow, but, I'm, mm. I'm in it like I'm so yeah so was Northern I'm, Lights I'm in the world Northern Lights was slow to start for me as well mm-hmm. I didn't really know what was going on at the beginning I yeah. think the first scene is her running through the um, the streets of Oxford and, and I think yeah, that's yeah, it was a bit in too what in Northern Lights yeah no the first scene Northern is when Lights? she she runs into Sorry, I'm about Thing's the office and then she's hiding yes yeah. yes it is yeah. it was kind of it was slow but you was, it's trying to give you a feel of the world though, wasn't it yeah because you're trying to get your head around what a demon is yeah and it's with this you have to really like understand that it's before just before like we meet lyra when she was really really young so which is really annoying i really yeah. wanted it to be a sequel not a prequel yeah. yeah but i think we're gonna get a sequel yeah the yeah volume two is a sequel isn't so, it right. i really i'm really enjoying it. that's what i'm reading so far lord asriel's in there isn't he yeah he's just showed up actually but i haven't got that far he hasn't I'm, in ch- I'm on chapter two yeah it's really good i love lord asriel <sighs> Anyways, so that's that's what I'm reading. I really want to read other stuff alongside it though, because I can't. Mm. What about you, Alex? Um, I'm reading um, a book by Osho called Emotional Wellness. Who's Osho? The guy with the beard. Yeah, yeah. He's like one of the. He's <laughs> that's like very East, descriptive. He's an, he's an Eastern philosopher. Um, he's like one of. The, he's like a spiritual teacher, but he basically this book is about. Um, well, the the, bio, the subtitle is transforming fear, anger, and jealousy into creative energy. Jesus so basically Christ. what he talks about though, <laughs> no, but what he talks about is interesting. So you should have seen my eye roll, right? right? Basically, now nah, what he talks about is actually quite interesting if you read it and just just take what he's saying and just go with him with that. But um, it's interesting because what he talks about is the way that people affect the way people affect the way that you react to certain things. So like you could be sitting there calm mind your business like harmonious and then somebody says something and then all of a sudden like your emotion is like just set off track you needed a book for that no but the way he's Derek stop being mean the way he's describing it the way he's describing (laughs) it it's a really good book it's a really good book it talks about how you it's about talk about how you like battle being reactive in comparison to like managing I'm very reactive managing the way that you react to certain things and he likens it to like a gramophone like he likens it to just being you know your gramophone is kept still until somebody press play and then you don't know what kind of music is going to be coming mm. out of it. Like, it, and it will affect the mood of the room. So he's trying mm. to figure out, well, I'm only two chapters in, two, three chapters in. But um, yeah, he covers quite a few things, like repressing. Lovely little self-help, isn't it? It's not even self-help. It's just very, it's just introspective reading. Oh. One of them things. But like, it's good. And I do think it's good. And I'm going to finish that very soon. I'm sure it's fantastic. But yeah. Is he like that other guy, Eckhart Tolle? Eckhart Tolle. I'm not sure, but he's older and he's very, very Eastern. So it's actually hilarious. I was like, so, um, I was talking to my friend and really I was good. telling he, she was telling me. Um, you guys gonna respect Osho's name as well. She was like, so I was talking to a friend and mm-hmm. basically it was about like, um, 
like how we'd all be in in the classroom. Um, and then she was like, Derek's the, going to be the annoying one. That who's like, this friend? Don't worry, Do Derek's going to be the annoying one. And I was like, oh, I'm going to tell it's Derek. And I'm, she's like, I oh, don't don't say I said it. I was like, no, I'll just say that I said it. But now I've said it. Um, <laughs> anyways, and it just got me thinking, like, what we would all be. And I'm thinking, yeah, Derek definitely will be the annoying one who will just name drop all the time. Like, oh yeah, so. Da, 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 da. Oh my god! And then I feel like you're the one that's going to be like, yeah, so. This is what I think, and you'll drive the whole classroom into lunchtime you know because you won't <laughs> stop talking you know so slow. Do you know who Alex is gonna be? Alex is gonna be like that little Pan African boy in yeah. Sister Act Two. Yeah. Respectfully, <laughs> my sister yeah. James is a slave. Man. Take it by and my ass. I, I was like, I think I might be the one that's really concerned with the exams. I'll be like, okay, so cool, yeah, but yeah, tell us the exam. No, you're gonna be that annoying person. No, who you're gonna annoy. No, you're, you're gonna be so annoying. You're gonna be like, yeah, so, and then drop this name, drop this name, books that. You know. Ray's gonna be that annoying one who comes into the class crying and everyone's like, What's wrong? I only got an A, I didn't get an A star. <laughs> that was yeah. That's gonna that be That is me, but yeah. I will never cry in front of the class. I'll cry to my teacher after the class. Be, you'd be annoying. People would be looking at you like well, Those annoying people like scene. exactly. Yeah, but like, oh, can you imagine us being in the class? Oh yeah. Anyways, that's what that was quite <laughs> funny. <laughs> but yeah, that's what, that's what we're reading. That's what we're reading so far, guys. If you want to take those down take those down <laughs> add them to your wish list do what you gotta do with those um and people pay us last week because <laughs> <laughs> y'all people buy buy books <laughs> last week we had the halloween episode oh yeah um, i'm glad you guys liked um ray knows what a trick is now um, <laughs> it's all good we will, y'all we'll are nasty the, we reached a level of understanding cultural awareness okay yeah. We did. Oh yeah, and um obviously American Claire came to educate us again. Absolutely. Yeah, she came to Thank you, Claire. She, what did she email us about last she based, time? Oh, was it was it she didn't email I love Claire. Oh about, she, um, she, came, she came for me. The poet, what's his name? She came Rumi. She emailed yeah, us about Rumi. Rumi. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, that's it. not a poet no more, that's Beyonce's daughter, anyways. Is that what she is that what she named? Oh yeah, Rumi. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they named it Rumi. Rumi. It's you know, can you put respect on, on Rumi's pronoun. name? I can't believe you. But yeah, um, yeah, American Claire kind of gave us a breakdown on what paganism was and where Halloween, and, comes, and from. Halloween comes from. We were so uninformed. And, um, we I think you. We appreciate you, American Claire. I think I, I, was, on, I, was, I, oh, I was on the right track, yeah, though. Yeah, sure. I was on the right track with the, with the paganism being basically uh, the other religion. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's just anything that's not anyone could have said that well you two didn't so i read wikipedia out loud here so unless she wants to fight with wikipedia that's not my she's issue she's out to i even everyone fights with wikipedia there's some rubbish on there boy. <laughs> people go people go in there for bats academics change it for jokes sometimes. oh my god they do yeah. yeah so i remember uh neil degrasse tyson was basically he kept changing it and someone kept changing it back to something else he was like it kept saying neil degrasse tyson is an atheist and he would go on it and change it and be like no neil degrasse tyson is an agnostic and then someone would change it back again <laughs> and it's literally him changing it no, saying, this, is, this nah. is me this is about me guys what's that no i'm saying that's what you're saying like, yeah this exactly is about me. i'm gonna change yeah. it to this i don't know i think i'll do that as well anyway i want a wiki page hmm. imagine having that inshallah soon come minute soon come. <laughs> is there anything on twitter that you saw this week nope we're gonna go straight into the tete-a-tete let's jump into the tete-a-tete right so what is the tete-a-tete this week for guys who guys who are new tete-a-tete is some news that we've picked up from around the way (laughs) to to talk about so what's the tete-a-tete this week well we're just going to be talking about how the tete obviously underestimated how important and popular renee is renee who 
Rennie Edo Lodge. Right. So, um, uh, why are we no longer talking about race to white people? Yep. So, it, from what I read, um, like only 15 seats were put out I, for I, her book. What I'm thinking about now, I find that hard to believe. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it could have been 15. Come on, that's like not well, even two a, full rolls. You know what? Like, well, no one. Was, I wasn't. Well, obviously, but, we weren't there. But yeah. we just been told like they put they put. I'm reading a thread now. It just says they put Rainey's talk in the gift shop in the gift shop with like 15 chairs, 15, and over like, 400 people turned up. Over 400 people stood up, and there was hundreds of people in a queue waiting, and it wasn't even ticketed. And I just think to yourself, like, how are you going to be so flippant to mm. kind of bring somebody with their new book, with their with their following, their own personal following, and just you know, put out like a few chairs, like it's just going to be a little book club talk. They're racist. Them. Yeah, it was probably like <laughs> it's at the tape. They so. was probably thinking, nah, them blacks ain't gonna show yeah, up. Yeah, them blacks ain't gonna show up. <laughs> oh, you know who's gonna come and and you know hear this woman talk? Oh, and there you sad. have it. But that's the thing, though. Can you imagine a, a a white woman having a sort of launch like that? They would not have put out fifteen or so chairs if they did put out. If yeah. they did, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But it's I good. It's good. I'm happy. I'm happy yeah. that that many people yeah, turned up. Absolutely. Obviously, it's not good that uh, like two hundred yeah. odd got turned away, but it's the underestimation. It's it's the thought process that must have gone into it. Like, okay, let's just put, and it must have been so unconscious as well. Like, mm. they must have just been like, okay, you know, like yeah, twenty. Yeah, it's a that. book, you know. Yeah. It's like, we've not really heard of it. Yeah, so, so... <laughs> <laughs> it, might be, uh, it might be, you know, do better. Yeah, new writer in that. Yeah, they don't know. Mm. But, yeah. And true is still in hardback as well. Yeah, 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 and people. Are, Oh, look, there's a whole video of this of the guy at the Tate having to yeah, break the news to people. That I'm um, just reading here that hundreds of young POC left the Tate tonight, disappointed, disillusioned, and disheartened. This is important, and if and it needs to be fixed because y'all know a white author would have got the huh. auditorium from the beginning. Mate, so, basically, yeah. Yeah. So, so do better, Tate. Do better. Do better, man. Right. That's kind yeah. of what we saw. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention I went to Manchester yeah you did how I was know. that oh you're asking me now how was it after i went yesterday you didn't tell me good luck you didn't say how was it afterwards you're not on the group chat and now <laughs> what well, you still have my number why do you know what i mean we don't talk like that what do you mean we don't talk like that <laughs> we're not like that Whatever. How was it, yesterday? <laughs> it was all right it was all right actually it was yeah, good was fun it? i met um emma gannon she was lovely yeah. um the boys from a podcast called soul the jerker which is really good it's basically about soul. songwriting soul the jerker okay um, they explained what it means, but I can't actually remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they've interviewed some big names. They interviewed Alicia Keys. Oh wow! Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, they interviewed Paul Simon from oh, Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> like, they've interviewed some really, really um famous people. Um, yeah. Tom Odell, who I love as well. They Tom Odell. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, they, it's literally a podcast about uh, songwriting. Do you know what I mean? And they're songwriters themselves as well. Mm-hmm. And of course, obviously, Emma Gannon was there discussing her podcast and obviously control, she's got, delete, yeah, yeah she's got a new book coming up yeah. as well mm-hmm. um so that's going to be exciting hopefully we'll get her on the show for Amazing. that as well yeah Amazing. please come on the show i love the pictures they look really good yeah yeah it was it was it was really good fun I, I mean there was a point where um i was speaking and then um the host oh forgive me her name um slips my memory um was basically like and now we're gonna hear a little clip from most of it i was like what what i was like oh my god please don't and I was trying what to clip ask, did they? I was trying to ask her like, what clip? What clip yeah. are you playing? And it was the Mallory Blackman episode oh, okay. where I'm talking about pigeon English and how I was crying and I had to run to the toilet. Oh god! I was like, oh my god! 
And then all I heard over the speakers was like, you're a big man, Derek. Why are you crying? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did I say that? No, I said it. I said it about myself. Oh. And I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. But one thing I did notice, I was like, for the first time, I was like, wow, we really like talk over each other a lot. We do. Well, I've been telling you this every episode. We really do. No, well, it's passion. It's passion. Derek that always talks over everyone. It's passion. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like, but that's what you do that when you're, when you're in a group of people. It's natural. You talk over people. Thanks for letting mm, me speak, guys. Excuse I guess me. so. Anyway, moving on. That <laughs> was fun. Agree. That was great, that Manchester panel. That oh, cool. we've got another panel coming up as well, we haven't we? Another one coming up soon, so we'll let um, you guys know about that. Is that the one? The, uh, in a few weeks' time. But we'll few weeks? That's next week, mate. It is next week. I'm talking about SOAS. I'm going to SOAS to do something. Do a little ting thing there. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, all right, okay. We'll <laughs> Must just be me going there. I don't mate. know. Must <laughs> just be me, mate. Sorry. I'll forward you guys the email, innit? <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, cool. But yeah, moving let's, on. Let's move on, let's move on. Um, wow. <laughs> like, I must be, I must have missed that. It's your gems. What is your gem this week? Oh, my gem. Of course, my gem is the last question by um, Isaac Asimov. Great, 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 great story. I mean, when I... F- when I finished reading, I had chills. I was like, "Wow!" He really knows how to. He really knows how to end the story. I was like, "Okay, this is this definitely beats the last Trump." Um, but yeah, I don't want to say much about it. But okay. just read it. It's not that long. It's like twenty pages or something. But yeah, that's my my gem today. The last question by Isaac Asimov. You can find it in his complete short stories, volume one. I believe I don't think it's online. I tried finding it online to read it, but it's not there. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's my job. Okay, cool. So this week we are going to explore what kind of reader people I are, quite what like kind this of topic, writer actually. people are, and like how to read and write. Um, so we're going to be looking at two essays, but we're going to just be discussing about the questions of how to how do we read and whether we're supposed to read in this way. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just going to go through that book. So just generally, guys, how do you guys read? I think I wrote this somewhere. Like, how do you guys read? What's your... Um, Derek always asks, like, do you have particular um, requirements for reading? Yeah, so... Like, do you have to read in particular places? Obviously, the essay by Nabokov, like, um, he lists 10 things, doesn't he? And he says, take four I, out of them. I actually... T- when I first read them, mm. the ones that he... The ones that he mentioned in the end, yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, I agree with those. Because when I but some, but when I was reading all of them, I was like, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. Yeah, this some of them are ridiculous. This is bullshit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did agree with the four he picked. Yeah. All right. So, what are the, what are the ten? All ten of them. Let me see and get up. I got them. Okay. I'll read them out. Um, so what's his name? The Bokov says that the reader number one, the reader should belong to a book club. Uh, no. <laughs> the reader should identify himself or herself with the hero or heroine. No. The reader should concentrate on the e- on the social economic angle. No. Wait. I mean, we I get it, but yeah, I'll come back to that. I'll read yeah. The reader should prefer a story with action and dialogue to one with none. Disagree. Okay. The I reader disagree. should have seen the book in a movie. Obviously Ridiculous. <laughs> the reader should be a budding author. Come on. Stupid. The reader should have imagination. Yes. The reader should have memory. Yes. Yeah. A good one. 
the reader should have a dictionary. I agree with this one. Initially, I was like, huh? Mm. And then I was like, so often I'll get, I'll have like, I'll literally be like, okay, define. Mm. Literally, like, I'll read a book and I'll have my phone. I'm like, okay, define if I don't know what the meaning of it. I like to struggle with the word as long as it's English and try to contextualize it. Yeah, yeah but you can do that, but then sometimes. And then I'm afterwards, like, oh, you check it yeah. And then the reader, the last one is the reader should have some artistic sense. I don't know what he means by <laughs> that. I think I he mean, goes on to explain it. Not very well. Not very well, but he goes on to explain the, the di- sort of the di- dichotomous artistic and scientific way of reading, which I can kind of understand, which in, if, if, if used in this sense, I can get why he used this. Then I can agree. I don't know. I think like, because he's very much of the opinion that, oh, writing should be belletristic first and be a what? It should be teach what? afterwards. Like, I guess just writing beautifully like, for artists, art, to be artistic. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, Oscar Wilde probably writes like that. And in fact, he definitely does write like that. He does write like that. Right? So I love him. Um, and I don't agree with that at all. I think that's absolute crap. One, because stories didn't come into being because somebody wanted to have make you feel some tingle in your spine. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? It was always to make sense of social situations, phenomenon, phenomena. Like, do you know what I mean? It was never. It I don't. It never started like that. In my personal, it didn't start like that. I think it's a luxury to write like that. Um, so he's coming from a very yeah, privileged, privileged place. place to say that this is this is how writing should be. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, those were. I don't know why you guys disagreed with the. um, Well, the reader should identify himself or herself with the hero or heroine. It's not a must. Like you don't need to. Sometimes I hate the people, then I don't identify as. Depending, depending. Transporting you into the story to kind of feel like you're a part of the story that's happening, not actually just be the most separate from the text. No, no, that. I think it depends on the narration of the person. Do you know what I mean? And it depends on. Sometimes you might have that omniscient narrator and there is absolutely nobody in this in the sort of narrative that you identify with. Exactly. And yeah. that and that, that doesn't mean that you're you're not a good reader or whatever. It just means that you are sort of that fly on the wall that's looking onto this thing that's happening. Mm. And you are still reading. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's, it just depends on the situation as well. So of course the whole discussion around representation or whatnot, being able to see yourself in the book. That's important in certain contexts yeah. do you want do you know what i mean but overall i don't think i think once you start reading and seeing yourself in books and then you know yourself well enough mm. then you can start to explore outside and then it becomes less doesn't mm. mean as much do you know what i mean mm-hmm. to see yourself uh, i guess in literature. just to add on to that if you with regards to like that representation aspect if there are only books where you don't see yourself in. That's when obviously it becomes yeah, an issue. That's a problem. You know, when you're you're always reading about something and there is nothing to latch onto. Mm. Um, th- there will be that distance, and you will maybe think that you should not be written in these stories. Do you know what I mean? So here and there, sure, but I don't think it's it's so important. Hmm. I think it's just important given. Okay. The situation. But then again, so now, guys, what kind of readers are you then? Yeah. Based upon those. I um, think I'm. Like, when he says that real. I'm paraphrasing that. He says real readers don't read books, they reread books. Yeah. I was like, yes. I knew you'd say that. I read that and I was like, here we go. (laughs) Literally. Yes. Because it's so true what he says. The first time you read a novel, 
it's not the same as the second time you read it. The second time I read novels, I can fully appreciate them. One, because I know the story now. I can focus more on the writing, the, um, the I guess, the artistic sense of what's, hap- of what's being created, what the author was trying to do in terms of um, his talent, not just the story or the moral, um, the moralistic shit he's trying to preach. Do you know what I mean? So I definitely agree with um, Nabokov there, 100%. So like the second time I read Invisible Man, completely different experience second time i read the unbearable lightness of being it was fucking lit bro mm, okay. like he was actually sick because to actually say what he said he said a good reader a major reader an active and creative reader is a rereader yep said. absolutely i don't know like i do get i do agree with that to an extent i mean i do a lot of the books i do reread i read i read them and then i read the particular parts what I didn't, I, 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 I agree so with that to a sense, but the whole so. rereading thing, I can totally understand it, right? But for me, the you can never repeat that first time you read something, and it's always very important to me how I receive some, how I receive text and and language and and sort of plot and storyline and characters the first time. Mm. Um, rereading obviously allows you to look in depth with regards to the structure and the style and sort of understand where the author is coming from. Maybe you've gone in and sort of researched the sort of historical climate mm. of when the book was written. But that first time when you go into something in a very innocent manner where you're a little bit clueless not so clueless because i think he did mention in this essay how when you go into a book it's almost like you carry so many conceptions of what you already know Mm -hmm. so when you receive reviews and stuff you enter a book thinking okay i think it might be this way and that isn't really how you should approach a book do you know what i mean so i agreed with that but the first time is very important i feel like the first time the first time carries a lot of that artistic sense that he was talking about whereas maybe the reread comes with that scientific part where you can sort of digest and and um you can sort of exfoliate all of the things in the in the novel so you think it's the other way around yeah i think it's not the other way around because I do agree that the second time you read something, there is more to be found and maybe not even more, but just different things that you find that you maybe were lost the first time that you didn't sort of see the first time you read yeah, it. And that's because you're not focused on following the story too much. Yeah. But you know that thing when he mentioned about how when you, when you're reading and, mm. and your eyes and how it's moving and you're you sort of, it's quite, it's quite, like laborious and you know yeah, yeah, you're yeah. kind of trying to figure out how to read rather than taking in the story yeah. i thought that was absolute fucking pants okay i agree with that it happens to me all the time i, I get it to a sense because in the first sort of maybe page you think you're kind of taking in the line spacing and mm. how small the book is and you're trying to align your eyes with mm. it but then he compares it with like a painting and how when you look at a painting you get the full picture straight away and i'm just like yeah. um I don't know and there isn't that man that that movement of the eye but I don't consume paintings like that you know you don't consume pictures and photography in that way so so you you take the picture and you're like okay that's the picture I know I found it very you actually look look at the picture so I mean so I agree with what you're saying like you get the page you see the format you're like that's the page yeah and then sometimes you have to reread the lines again because you're like did I did I get that line exactly in the way that I'm supposed to he's basically saying it's more what looking at Peyton is more, I guess, passive, isn't it? In a sense. Whereas when well, you're reading a book. the first time you see it, it is, I don't know. I, I just thought it was I just mean, a I guess, little I mean, bit. I mean, it's actively, well. I mean, there's, there's looking. Saying, oh yeah, there's a painting. And there's looking. And then there's, I'm guessing there's reading and then there's reading. Uh, so then you're looking yeah. when, when you're looking at a picture, because sometimes you're looking at certain photos and certain paintings, you're looking, I'm looking. You're anyway. taking the overall. I'm looking at like, 
I'm, I'm questioning why they placed the subject there or the brushstroke or you know what I mean so I'm figuring out that and I kind it's the questions I have when I read as well so, you're, so, so I'm looking at why did he use why did they use that word and not another hmm. you see what I'm saying mm. or why did he why, why have they structured it like that like why you know what I mean do you know what this reminds me I, I thought it was just a bit reminds like, me of a, a lot <laughs> have you read Slaughterhouse Five no, no but I need to. There's basically these aliens here. Well, well, we don't know if they're really aliens, but aliens and the way they read books is they literally look at everything and consume everything at one time. Basically, like basically like a painting. Mm. So all the pages, literally, I'm. Um, this is not how you describe it, but basically all the pages come together into one whole story. Is how you believe? Is and you then believe they it? just absorb it at once. That's how you believe it happens. Is that how you described it? I think that's pretty much how you described okay. it. I read it quite a long time ago. I think but that's... I can remember that. Okay. I like that because it's almost like, you know, when you finish a book mm. and then it all dawns on you and you, it's almost, oh, I don't, I'm going to say orgasmic, but it's just like, <laughs> it's the, when you finish a book and when you're in it, I guess you're just trying to take in what's happening in this chapter and you're not mm. sort of collating everything together. But I find when I finish it and I get that euphoric feeling, it's not so, oh, the ending, it's more so everything that's just happened. Together. Dude comes together do you know what i mean and it's almost like wow yeah. and i think that's how i felt when i read um their eyes were watching god because when i was reading it I, I i understood the magic of every sort of chapter and every page and the words were nice but in the end when people are asking me is it a good ending or is it a bad ending mm. i'm like it was just an amazing story because in, when i finished that last paragraph it just came just came to you yeah. but do you not now think that you could reread their eyes of watching God and appreciate the writing a lot more. I have, and I and I have appreciated it more. Yeah. But I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying that I don't know. I just thought it was a bit phony. I don't know. What? Just to describe, just to just to sort of compare it to how you get a painting. And I think what I think the issue is, I don't like how I felt like he underestimated the first time you are introduced to a novel. That first time is very important. I think okay, he, I, he underestimated it. But then that the first time is only important if you're taking into consideration the things that he said you shouldn't. His, like in terms of um, historical aspects of mm. it, whether you've identified with the reader, all of those kind of things. They're what make the first time important because they, they're your first your connection to a book. The first time you read it is emotional. And he says that's Ooh, what. Oh, I think that I think you know what it is. I get that, but it's a time that's really so it would be emotional. That's really underestimating the reader then, because you're thinking, do you know what I mean? It's like, come on, there are mature readers who can who don't just do that. I get maybe when you're younger, like there are books that I've read when I was younger that were definitely very emotional. Mm -hmm. But now I can read a book and can when he says i think oh he has a really nice quote where he says in order to bask in that magic a wise reader reads the book of genius not with his heart not so much with his brain but with his spine i really like that because it carries the idea of that artistic sense with that pragmatic scientific sense and that's how you read a book and i think a mature reader can do that really well even with a book that he has not seen before do you know what i mean so i think that's really underestimating i, don't know. I mean he's literally saying he can't do it and he's nabokov he's a genius so mm. I was reading up on him actually. His life was very interesting. Very, very yeah. interesting, yeah. But then again, also with the way he's writing this, well, what he's saying, we have to not forget the kind of person he was as well, because he had something called synesthesia, where he used to see letters as colors. That's what I was just, yeah, it's really cool. Exactly. So, of course, cool. his experience of words would it's be very completely different. different. Mm. It's more aesthetic, his experience of words. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe that could explain his. Uh, yeah, definitely. Explain. Well, you must understand <laughs> art. 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, what does it mean by the reader should have memory? I think it's. I think it's. Uh, he didn't really explain that, did he? Too no. Tough. no. Um, I think it's probably just the piling on of things as on they go. Yeah. Other. Accumulation of information. Because then, you, yeah, the, the whole like basically, sh- you basically saying you should be able to follow the story. Yeah, because sometimes you read a book. Sometimes yeah. I've read a page and it's been like, I cannot remember what I just read. <laughs> Would that be intelligence? Or yeah, mem- memory is yeah, part of so intelligence. Yeah, so okay, it could just be what you need. I was actually um, realising I haven't read, I haven't said what type of reader. That, that was the initial question. That was the initial question. <laughs> yeah. So what did you say? What kind of reader are you, Derek? I am definitely um, a reader who... I don't, I don't, actually, I don't, I don't know. The first time I read a book, I'm looking for something mm-hmm. every single time. Mm-hmm. The second time I read a book, I'm not looking for anything. I'm just there to enjoy myself. Do you know what I mean? So I do kind of agree with my... Like you're entering a motive. <laughs> yeah, I'm just here to enjoy myself. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, the, the first... <laughs> the reader. The first time you read a book, although I love reading, wow. the first time is... It's a little painful, isn't it? I don't like it. It's just kind it's of... Not even, there's only one book I've ever read in my life. And the first time I read it, I was just like, this is just fucking amazing. The story is amazing. The writing, I just got everything that I want. It's only one book. And that's Immortality by um, Milan Kundera. The only, don't roll your eyes, bro. He's an amazing author. <laughs> he really is. I that think you're a reader it. that uh, romanticizes a lot of stuff because I think when you, when you, the things that you tell me to read mm-hmm. and you explain them, you explain them in a certain way. And when I read them, and I don't see the romance that you see. And that's why I'm like, this book is shit. Do you know what I mean? But because I'm like, what? Like, you'll read it and I'll read things expecting it to be how you explain it to me. And then I read it and I'm like, I do not see this. Yeah, but that's probably just because because of my enthusiasm and whatnot. But or, maybe. Or just, a, or just a different yeah, but perspective. Ray, you're like, coming I to suppose, yeah. I'm going to read it the same way. Yeah. You're coming to say that Invisible Man is shit. I'm not saying it's shit. I'm saying, you know what I think about Invisible Man? I think Invisible Man is... Im, Im, it employs the the scientific sense that Nabokov was talking about in this essay okay and that's what I got I was able to finish it merely because of the genius of the writing the the imagery that he represents and and the way he represents that's the art that's the artistic side of it the imagery that he's creating okay maybe I don't mean that it's just the story I was able to or just the writing but I did not feel really there isn't I did not feel connected I was not but that's what he says you should that's that's exactly what he's saying don't feel connected but i know as in i did not feel like i was like when i read a book i'm immersed in it do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i can still figure out the artistic from the from the scientific i'm i'm literally immersed in a story and i i see it you can do that on the first reading both things you can i think i can now mm. personally i think i can but other things i didn't like for example um, invisible man I didn't and I tried but I could follow it you know it read well it was it read brilliantly um but I wasn't mm. I wasn't I didn't okay there was something and what about the unbearable lightness of being <laughs> same thing you know oh my god like thing is no actually there are parts of that where it's very philosophical and I really enjoyed those parts. Fucking incredible. But I'm... only those parts. When it came to even the scientific aspect of that, the the, the rationale Ooh, and I'm going to reread that. I'm rereading that shit tonight. I, I didn't even finish it. And I, I, and, I, and I hate not finishing books. Actually, there are only two... Those two books are the only books I've probably not finished. And I know that I will never go back to it. 
You haven't finished Umbrella. I was 70 pages away from the end and I put it down. I said, I'm never coming back to this. You are crazy. 70 pages. Yeah. You can read it in a weekend. I don't want to. Just finish it for goodness sake. It was shit. Everybody, Ray is saying the unbearable likeness of being a shit. I am. How? In what universe? You know what? Yeah. Like from your perspective, yeah, maybe it was beautiful, but it was just so. You guys are putting me off reading a lot of these books. No. We'll have a chat after the show. (laughs) (laughs) Am I going to really invest my time? Kind of read around my. (laughs) I wrote this down because I was thinking actually. It made me think. Um, I wrote that I'm an impatient reader. Um, exactly. You just said that. Essentially, you're not going to finish the book. Oh, you can't, you can't be asked. <laughs> no, because no, for me, I, I really want to finish the book. Literally, because the book is where I get that climactic feeling of sort of euphoria, euphoria, whatever euphoria. Um, so I love finishing books, and it gives me that sense of accomplishment, and I, I just absolutely love it. So I would say that I'm uh, an impatient reader, and I'm also quite anxious when I read. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Because I'm like, oh crap, like what am I going to face? Am I going to enjoy it? Is it going to be a waste of my time? Do you know what I mean? Um... And I wrote that, I think somebody, I in my eyes, you're a really great writer when you can immerse me in a world. And I may not be able to agree, like um, see myself in any characters, but I can be a fly on the wall and be very enamored with the scene that you've created, be it scientific, be it artistic, just be very engaged. And I think that's, for me, is a magic of a book. Mm-hmm. Being able to be in the story that I forget my surroundings do you know what i mean like i really see myself and i think that's that's amazing um and i think i'm also quite disciplined i don't like i i can't do the whole picking up another book and i like to be quite disciplined in how i read um yeah so i think i'm an impatient disciplined reader impatient disciplined reader. yeah <laughs> okay. yeah okay. I think I'm a, because that makes sense alex what what kind of reader are you you need to shut your mouth <laughs> <laughs> you stupid boy <laughs> on your shapeless head continue oh my god yes Alex so we've got to that level we've come to this man's trim alright it's not on. even a trim I don't even know what it is at mine today, I think. you always um, okay Alex um, <laughs> I think I'm a pensive 
pensive. Pensive, of course. So basically, so I read the, I read it, I pause. Oh my god! I read and I pause. And I'm just like, this is kind of. You're so extra. I, the, so the, fucking my, extra. So extra, right? Wow. Can you just imagine him opening to be like? <sighs> he just sighs and 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 looks into the distance. <laughs> oh, show. So you you come to meditate over sentences and paragraphs. Yeah, so I read. So I read it. I actually I read it. I, I, let, I don't it, need to get I your friend. <laughs> read it. Let it sink in. I'm just like, okay, cool. This is how I, you're I, always I, doing. I'm only wanna, two, three p- chapters in. This is why, because we're just pausing. I want to make sure that I've understood what is being said and why it's being said that way. Then I continue. You don't even need um, to re- reread a book. And then also, I yeah, <laughs> it takes me so long to finish <laughs> it. So, um, and then also, I'm very like, um, I tend to pick out moments and then save like save them those kind of bits. So basically, I've got a whole I've got a whole notebook. I think I have it with me. I've got a whole notebook <laughs> that like. There are parts of books that I've rewritten certain things out from that I've really thought were kind of monumental from the book, and I put them in there. So then I go through that book every now and then. I'm like, oh yeah, this is from that book. Oh wait, let me let me go back to that paragraph and let me go back to that chapter. Or let me reread that. That's the kind of reader I am. It just takes me ages. I'm even annoyed just I'm listening to you. Right, Why? literally, I'm just sat here like you're just chatting shit, man. Like, what do you mean? I have a no, notebook so and oh, it's so cute, right? It's just amazing. I love you. Like you're amazing. Do you read with a dictionary as well? And a, and a thesaurus. I used to read with a dictionary. Of course, I used he to did. have a dictionary there. Mm-hmm. And I was being, but basically, I'll pick up something. Now luckily, luckily now we have it on the computer, so I'll be like, oh, define. I'll be like, oh, okay, that's very. How do you? Sometimes I sidetracked and go to the etymology. Oh my god. Long, long thing. I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm quite wayward in certain. Text, but yeah, that's you made me sick. That's the, way I read. <laughs> that's the way I read. So, basically, when I'm reading certain texts, I have to like, I have to consume it, but I have to consume it like in the measured sense. So, I read, I tend to read sentences over again, mm. and I'll be like, okay, cool, and then I go to the next bit. Yeah, so it just takes me a bit of time. So, do you, do you, either of you two, find it difficult to, um, I guess, have characters come alive? So, do, do you find it hard to? Say to yourself, okay, this person is real. This is a real person or this is a real thing. I can see this happening, you know. Like, you know the video I sent you, I don't know if you guys watched it, of um, Salman Rushdie where he's talking about the road to truth through untruth and how if you actually accept the fiction mm-hmm. of a novel, then you'll realise that Madame Bovary and a flying carpet are untrue in the same way. To quote, I think that's exactly what he said. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So you guys didn't even do the homework. I say you just. No, no, I never here. got around to watching it. Did homework, you? you know, like you, you, you read your own story last week that you told us all to read. Don't come with that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> um, the videos, no, 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 I never got to. I just never got around to watching the videos. But, 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 yeah, but Rushdie yeah. was mentioned in um, James Wood's um, article on historic realism, um, and that hysterical, hysterical, hysterical sorry, and um, that that idea of truth and realism. So no, what was come your question up. again? Huh? What was your question? Do you guys struggle to see things as real when you're reading them in novels, basically? So in novels, in novels. So what? Fiction, what James Wood was saying I about Zadie Smith and how yeah. the mad scientists and all that. Would you ever read that and just be like, "This is just so unrealistic"? No, no I because it's it's real at the time. It's relative, you know. I mean, like you're reading it, you're reading the story. As no, far but as you're, as far in as your I'm, in your head, like as far as is I'm it concerned, formed? I'm reading the story, and therefore it is real as I'm reading it. Yeah. Until I finish or close the book and continue in my real life you know what I mean I like, can't so, I don't so separate I w- like that yeah. I would look, you know what I mean I would look at it but sometimes I'll think about the character and think about yeah. okay well that's that's interesting the way they would have done that mm. but obviously as I said I'm a pensive 
reader. But you know what I mean? But it's like I can I don't I don't marry the two. Yeah. And it's really affected me. Like really, really affected me. My imagination is wild. Mm. Anything can be true. But like my imagination is wild once I open the book. I can mm. kind of be like I can kind of put that to rest. I see, yeah. For a bit. And to like turn that on, mm. then it's like, okay, like we're in this world. Who's this? Anything can happen. That's true. It's real there. Yeah. And, and then it's just not once I stopped. Yeah. So, and that's kind of like how I go with things. But then I do, but then it does help with me in the real world. Yeah. When I do see things, I'm thinking, oh, could this possibly be, or could this possibly not be, you know what mm. I mean? Like, um, even if you, when you're reading fan- fantasy film, fantasy books, sorry, and then you think of a world that's parallel to the real world that you live in. So if we're talking about, you know, the Book of Dust or Northern Lights, you think to yourself, oh, what would it be like if I had a demon, for example? Mm. You'd walk around and think, for me personally, I walk around and be like, hmm, what would this person have? Like, what would like what would that look like? Mm. So, um, so that's kind of how I would marry it. But it would just be an afterthought. Right. Okay. So you've so, never been reading something, for example, been flowing with it. Okay, this seems fine, fine. Then all of a sudden, something happens, and you're just like, Whoa. "What? That doesn't make sense." Mm. Oh, okay. So I'm this morning. I was reading, obviously, the Book of Dust, and I've I'm used to the idea. When I opened the book, I knew that people will have demons, mm. and that was real to me. And so when um, you know, like the little boy had a demon, had a demon. It was normal, um, but they we got to a point where we finally meet baby Lyra. Okay. It's not a spoiler. Yeah, okay. um, we finally meet baby Lyra, and baby Lyra has a demon. But for me, because I've never encountered a, a small baby in when I was reading the whole, I don't think I have in the whole of the Northern Lights yeah. so specifically. Yeah. The idea of a baby with a demon. I was like, whoa. I was like, oh shit, of course a baby will have a demon because uh, like people it's have demons. Exactly. But it, there was a pause where I was like, oh, it just it, took me back a does bit. Does it disconnect? Yeah. And then as, as soon as I accepted it in literally like less than a second, I just continued. And I just, in my head, the little, you know, demon was formed and it was tiny, just like the baby. Yeah. So it in, flowed. In, that, in, the, in the first few chapters, I felt I was getting really impatient with certain characters because I was like, all right, he's mentioned the character. Where's the demon? Yeah. Then, then Daniel mentioned, oh, the demon was like, like lying at the. Like, yeah, oh, okay. I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, you know what I mean? Like, certain things, mm. I'm like, because I'm aware that's the world that I'm in. Yeah. I need to see certain things. Yeah, because he's built it. Yeah, exactly. Built that world. Yeah. yeah, so that's the same with characters as well. So, like, yeah. Like, I'm uh, sorry, uh, Brave New World. Okay. There's a character in there that basically the savage. At the end of the book, he obviously secludes himself and he starts moving so fucking mad. <laughs> and I, I remember reading the end and just being like, the, what what is going on here? What's happening? This makes no sense. Or when he's with um, Le, is it Lenina, in her house and she's trying to she's trying to tings him, uh-huh. and he's just like, oh you, imp- you impotent strumpet, and he starts <laughs> going crazy. And I'm just like, the way they've built the character, this doesn't make sense. Do you know what I mean? That uh, book was a whole disconnect, actually. The book is kind of yeah, it's yeah. very very. Di- it's a it is an unorganized book. I know it's a classic, but Brave New World is quite unorganized in terms of the ideas that it's trying to put across. I think yeah. it's, it's trying to put too much into one book. It was very ambitious, yeah. but even I was reading it and I was thinking, comparing it to actually my, the world that I'm in, because obviously it was dystopic, but it wasn't so different. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't fantasy where you can completely immerse yourself because there there was aspects of realism mm. in that. Mm. There was the idea of science where this could be in my world mm. and trying to understand that and understand the science without it being magic mm. it, it did present some sort of disconnect mm. in brave new world for me 
Mm. That was a good film. Oh, was it Mustafa Mond? Yeah. Baddest, baddest B character. Love him. Bad B, bad B. Bad B. Anyway. Um, and then, a f- well, final, one of the final points then. Mm-hmm. Um, the reader should be a budding author. Ah, uh, nonsense. <laughs> no, just rubbish. Silly. Absolutely rubbish. <laughs> I don't even think there needs to be an explanation. Like, no, yeah, it's just <laughs> like, okay, cool. I don't know. Um, otherwise, I think I'm pretty much in agreement with what he's saying. Yeah, it was good. It's good to come together because obviously the first thing said the reader should belong to a book club. It's good to come together to sp- with people to speak about what you've read. Well, it's not essential. They're not essential, but it's it's and it's not essential to the act of reading. Like that's, that's what you I was. Can just, you can just read and yeah. don't carry on doing what you're doing. Like this is why all of these like the the, like, po- the four points that I agreed with were good for reading. Yeah, true. In James Wood's essay, he says something that I really really love, and I always talk about it where he's describing um, some of Zadie Smith's characters mm. and um, David Foster Wallace's characters. <laughs> yeah. And how they're really, like, zany. And zany. then he, and he says, like, like Dickens' characters, he says, Ian Forster says, they're flat but vibrating very fast. <laughs> like, they have no substance, but they're, they're so quirky and they've got so many idiosyncrasies that yeah. they almost bec- they <laughs> seem whole, but they're not really whole. Is that era? Is that an era thing? An era, I mean? agree with that. Because obviously Victorian writing was quite big on dialogue and description, right? Perhaps, then, but it must have been people in Dickens' era who were actually writing oh, whole that characters. that is very true, actually. When I look at, even like with Great Expectations, when I look at all the characters, they weren't that wholesome. Madame Bo- Bovary is not a flat character. God. But they're very quick with, with, the di- with the dialogue. You know what I mean? Because they're big, they're big on the dialogue and, they, and their quips are described through their dialogue. But you can create a, pers- a whole person through dialogue. You don't have to describe them and yeah, their thoughts. I think um, Wilde does that perfectly, mm. especially in his plays. I mean, that's all there is. Yeah. <laughs> Wilde yeah, does, does that perfectly. Exactly. Yeah. I can read a play and get a sense of yeah. who a character is. Absolutely. And there exactly. is hardly any yeah. sort of... That's what I'm saying. And that's yeah. all dialogue. Yeah. So that's what I mean. I'm saying that. But I think what Wilde oh. has that allows... I'm sorry, uh, Dickens has that allows for that vibration is that he... A lot of... Um, Dickens stuff is very much describing the environment, the weather, um, the houses, and all of that. And I think because the characters are so flat, that vibration maybe they can get from the description of the no, surroundings. I think, and I think yeah, I guess so, it kind of seeps by in by giving them these names like Pennyworth quality. And, what, what, he names his characters weird things all like of a twist. Not even just Philip Perrip. <laughs> what's the one? What's that? Was it Chiswick something? Oh, Cratchit. Huh? He's going, what's what? That so that a name adds into the vibration of a character? Of course it does. It does. I Ebenezer, guess. Ebenezer Scrooge. Like, flipping out. Maybe, <laughs> That's but... That's a scary-ass name. How do you... <laughs> <laughs> I like that name. And that was probably a common name. Ebenezer. Yeah, Ebenezer was you know, Ebenezer, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like even Ebenezer just watching Scrooge. that, you just knew what was up as soon as it came <laughs> you're like, this man's going to be a villain. But, you know, when I was young, I used to always love the name Rumpelstiltskin, Rumpelstiltskin. and it was so evil when I was young. Like I just was like, "Oh, Rumpelstilts!" He scared the hell out of me. Rumple fucking Stiltskin. Yeah, it's when I was younger. One of the trickiest characters in any fairy tale. Like I, yeah, because What's scary about him. No, tr- it wasn't that, not that he's scary. He was like, more deceiving he and conniving. And when I was younger, reading Rumpelstiltskin was, was just like, "This is not, you know, children's stuff. This is a bit mm. further than that." It was. It was. You know, it had an icky feeling about Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah, everything yeah. comes at a cost and all this yeah. stuff. Yeah, like, it's very, very different. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, got, mm. it got you. It got you questioning a lot. Do you know what used to scare me when I was younger? The Phantom of the Opera. The used, of the I used to be terrified of the Phantom of the Opera. Like, really? 
Because there was a cartoon. Really? Yeah. I never watched the cartoon. Yeah, there was a cartoon of Hannah. It used to terrify me. <laughs> nah, scary. Anyway. It's cool. Moving on. Hysterical realism. Actually, no, let's talk about that essay. Um, <laughs> hmm. So the idea of showing the world and the lessons that it can teach us by using flamboyant and crazy things that will probably never happen. What do you guys think about that? No, that's fine. I mean, that's absolutely yeah. fine. But like Samuel Rusty was saying, you, it has to be a certain untruth. So he was basically describing how he wanted to use a flying carpet in one of his novels. And he's mm-hmm. like, when you think of something that's unreal, you have to start asking realistic questions about it. For example, when I step on a hot, um, flying carpet, will be will it be difficult to balance mm. myself? Will the air underneath the um, flying carpet make it undulate? Those kind of questions mm-hmm. that then make it real, even though it's not a real thing. Yeah, because so, that's how we come to understand it in a way. Exactly. You know and I mean? if you don't do that, so yes. one thing that I struggle with science fiction is because there's when there's a lot of science, they feel like they have to do that a lot. And there's just so much fucking explaining. Mm. I just can't. Do you know what I mean? But then you make it real to yourself and it allows you to use that imagination. Because even, I, I totally agree, because when I was mm-hmm. younger, the flying carpet in um, Aladdin, for instance, mm-hmm. I was thinking those things. You know, when I step on it, what will happen? How do they balance? Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I think because we need to make something real for us to understand it and rationalize it, that's how we understand, like, that's how we come to understand fantasy, I suppose. Right. I so- think. I used to Why are you just them. giggling? I used to reenact them things. Oh my to goodness. See if they, to see if it could work. What, flying carpets? Yeah, I used to jump off my bunk bed with my, with like... With your rug. With so rug useless. see if it worked. Yeah. <laughs> didn't. So, like, that time. It didn't. <laughs> I was what, like six, seven? But you know what I mean? Like, you the see, only thing I did was... You test reality's limits, innit? Um, <laughs> don't, like, f- the lava thing. That was my game. Trust lava. me. Yeah. In Aladdin? No, I'm um, not in Aladdin. That's just like... like jumping on my couch and because oh the cushions yeah because yeah. there's Ooh, lava on the floor my slumber. that's what I think <laughs> <laughs> honestly burning lava that's it burning that was lava. my game all that the time so fun what's burning lava you basically, know so you would have to so you, you basically so if you you know like the rug here in the front of us it's lava and then we have jump to from couch to couch couch to couch so you wouldn't you wouldn't jump on the floor yeah oh. and for some reason like even think about it now for some reason it was, actually, up, it was like there was real it was lava real. It was is that like when everyone's like it. the floor is the floor is lava yeah <laughs> that's the oh. game oh that is the actual game yeah I used to oh. do it when you were younger that's why it became such a thing because is that where it comes from yeah people yeah. used to ice oh. it all the time when I was young yeah. oh, it was yeah. lava so you just jump on it just feel like the lava was real me and my cousin used to play that game all the time we used to throw cushions on the face and they would be so you gotta try and get from there, and it's like it was dope. Yeah, man. Wow, I tried playing bro. that game, and uni was just not. You guys had amazing childhoods, man. Well, when you're just with my just with my cousins. <laughs> Sorry, <man>. poor little. <laughs> with my cousins in summers and little me playing quiet. my mom's hair rollers. Amazing. But we all did those things. <laughs> that used to turn them into little people. I thought you were putting them on. No, I wasn't putting them on. <laughs> I think why are you putting them on? No, you, Alex. Excuse me. <laughs> 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 All right, moving on. <laughs> oh, now we're moving on. Let's talk about yeah, it. <laughs> um, we have a new section, guys. Oh yes, our new we, we section. Have a new segment. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek, you want to explain what this new segment is? Yeah, this was your child. So, but I think it's a good idea. Basically, this is going to be called mostly flicks, where we delve into some movies and cinema. Or I guess sometimes, some sometimes TV shows and whatnot. We have a nice little discussion. Yeah. Bring it all back to literature. Yeah. 
But the section is called Mostly Flicks. Mostly Mostly Flicks. Flicks. Woo! (laughs) Um, Who came up with that name? I did. Okay. It's one of those few creative things, you know? Well done. (laughs) You're doing well. Anyway, um, (laughs) so what I said was uh, this week we should all watch like a Christopher Nolan movie. Bad Gang. That was, yeah. Which um, I I watched Interstellar. I've seen Interstellar, I've seen Memento, I've seen Batman, I've seen... I've seen all the Batmans. All the Batmans, yeah. I've seen Inception. I know Inception, I've seen Inception. I, know I was movie. half... I was what, um, of the way through the, Interstellar. The something, the... The Prestige. The Prestige. You haven't, you haven't seen it, have you? I haven't seen it. Prestige is good. I it's a film that I've seen. Oh. Wow, You've seen The Prestige? Of course I have. Oh, that's good. That's that's a that's a, a book as well. Yeah. It's a sci-fi book. Yeah. So what about those films, Eric? What about them? What about them? Yeah, why did you tell us to go and watch them? Yeah, the dialogue. Oh, my stomach is rumbling. Yeah. The dialogue. Um, I think I was thinking about this. Sometimes Christopher Nolan, like, I know he, he writes his own movies, doesn't he? Yeah. He's a, Sometimes he's the dialogue is, is really good. Like, I think the dialogue in um, The Dark Knight is really, really good. Really, really yeah. good. And in, obviously in Batman Begins, my favourite phrase, criminals thrive on the indulgence of oh, society's okay. understanding. Yeah. I think that's incredible. But then you've got dialogue in Interstellar, Which where was it's just like, scientific. where she's like, it's impossible. And he's like, no, it's necessary. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> First of all, before we go on to disrespect Interstellar, um, I just want to say that Interstellar movie. is one of the amazing movies. I loved it. I think I walked out of the cinema I like... Was, I was in full. <laughs> like, I was watching it before. I, was, uh, yeah, I was watching it before I came in today. Mm-hmm. And I like, I got disturbed. You need to concentrate, through, man. Stuff, and I was concentrating until people disturbed me. Um, but yeah, like I have to say, like I was really encapsulated just by just by the acting, the choices that the director made, as well as the and the writing as well. Acting is great. Yeah, so man, that was really. But good. the dialogue, man, it was just what. Although what I did think doing? Anne Hathaway's is it Anne Hathaway's Anne Hathaway, yeah. it was just little, useless. A little monologue about yeah, love. Yeah, like I thought oh, it was like a bit that. useless. You liked it. Like, I think trans- like love transcends. Oh my! Of course you would. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, can we fast forward? Corny. That was so corny. But it made sense. It didn't. Why didn't it make sense? What love can transcend time and space? Yes. Why does that not make sense? Is it doesn't make sense. Only it makes sense. How is that nonsense? But it doesn't ta- make sense. Time is an actual dimension, brother. It's not this. It is an abstract thing, but it's something that can be measured, brother. Love is a. We're not talking about love is chemical reactions in your body, mate. Oh wow. Okay. Wow. Uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, I thought it's it was just it, was, it wasn't the place for it personally I was like okay I'm Weird. sorry I'm I mean it was after, it. wasn't it after that scene when um, you know when they landed in the water and it kind of like oh that was the amazing tidal, and the tidal wave came that I'm sorry if it's going to be spoiling for everybody it's been, it's three it's years been old it's been years man but, um, if you haven't watched it what are you doing yeah like, it's like the, the tidal wave came and they were sitting there and they lost they lost Doyle and whatnot. they were like <laughs> and everyone's just thinking and they realised they were what 23 years ahead yeah. of Earth and when, when are you deep it and you're like oh shit and that, that, that's what it was it was like but for know, me I'm going to sit here and think damn even when, even when like Matthew, what's happened yeah even when like um, what's his name Cooper Matthew McConaughey mm. character isn't he but like when and then he sat down and he watched the, the videos like his oh, son yeah. that his yeah. son was sending him and then his, like his daughter who is the same age as him now at that point it's like yeah, I think that was, I think there was I think it did have a place for it and that was necessary. I don't think love I think I don't think it was love that had a place in it. I thought it was the um, she asked was if my dad's still alive. I think I think it was just time and perspective and how and how we exist how we just exist, do you know what I mean? In it terms of yeah. Like didn't, time yeah. is a thing that is Her dad said that though. Her dad said that, like in the scene after when she was talking when he was talking to Cooper's daughter. Yeah. And he was like, you know, he's not afraid of 
death. He's afraid of time. Like he's worried about time mm. and time. It is. That's and that's what was amazing. I think for me it was you know when you were talking about how you um, before we came in about how the scene that you quite enjoyed was the book scene when behind the bookshelf and he's trying to communicate with that was clever his daughter. I, that that for me when we got to that point I was like this movie is incredible. Yeah. Um, but then they ruined it with dialogue where he's like love love is. <laughs> like fuck give it a rest mate and i think for me it was the science of it it was the whole like um the flipping of yeah. of of sort of timelines because you you recognize that the beginning of that with the, the little girl community like seeing things are happening in her room is basically the end of it do you know what i mean yeah. it's it's that loop it doesn't make sense though it doesn't it doesn't because I, I tried to figure it out as well yeah. and i was like wait you know they had a theoretical physicist who Zero was a consultant a guy called kip thorne Okay. He was, he you, would need, you would need it for those. Oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It was lovely, though. And I think yeah. at that time, oh, no, because I'm, I'm thinking about um, Game of Thrones and Hodor and that storyline because it's very much about that time loop mm. stuff. And I, I love Doctor Who because that also comes in as well. So that's like my shit. Like, I, I love that stuff. When you should I watch out, Contact. Contact. Watch Contact. So, uh, it's a novel as well. Yeah. Like, that stuff, I love it. Yeah. So I. I it drives me I, mad, though. But just the figuring out of it is just. Because I was thinking about it, I was thinking like, all right. Don't you just uh, even, love when, it? even when they went to the, um, I want to say the planet, but yeah, the place where Matt Damon was. <laughs> yeah, it was a planet. Yeah, we're going on video. Oh, that like, whole thing I, was like, cool. Yeah, sixty, like sixty-five hour days, sixty-seven hour nights. Mm. I just the, con- like, the concept of time was just like for me. I was like, how can, can you just imagine? How would your body adapt to that? It mm. does. Do you know what's so weird though? Matt Damon was in that. I thought he was absolutely terrible in that movie. I thought he was just a weirdo in that. I thought But then he was in The Martian yeah, and he was I he fucking smashed it. Yeah. So when I read the Martian that, was yeah, brilliant. So when I watched that, I was like, I had to Google it. Cause I was like, Did they come sequel? out near enough at the same prequel? time? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I remember watching that and then going to watch The Martian and being like, wait a minute. I was like, he's doing the exact yeah. same thing because it was a similar thing. Yeah, like, you know, like, like Lost they, on a Planet. Lost on a Planet yeah. was by himself and then when he saw him, you know what I mean? There was a much more likable character in The Martian. The Martian was brilliant. The Martian is amazing. Of it was more likable in The Martian because he wasn't the Martian like really much reminded me of Gravity, which I also think is one of the one of the best films ever. Gravity. I thought Gravity shit. I, I gravity. loved Gravity. I don't understand. So that year it, it was didn't mostly win. Silence and her going. Oh, oh, no, like around. that. Ah. I personally thought Gravity. What have? I don't know. Did you watch it in the cinema? Not that it makes a difference, but I watched it in my living room. Yeah, I I loved Gravity, and I think Gravity was just those lonesome films where you're lost in a place. So Gravity. The Martian, I Interstellar, like I thought was, was brilliant. Hmm? I thought gravity was suffocating. But that's the issue. To that the was point. that was yeah. what he was wanting to portray. Like she was, like she was in space. Yeah, and I was like, and just, it was, and, and, just survival. And the silence as well. Yeah, there was so loads like, of it. Like, can you like you know? Yeah, yeah. have you seen have you seen Buried? Brilliant. Buried. Oh God. Buried. Um. With, oh, with um Ryan Reynolds. With Ryan Reynolds. No, I haven't. Have you also but seen the one with um what's his bloody name? Who was in Spider Man? Who? He was underneath and he was stuck and his arm was stuck oh 126 hours no he had to hours. cut off his arm yeah 127 hours is it that one yeah, yeah. when he's stuck the in name. the grand canyon yes i thought oh, i was you're talking cut. about Wait, uh, is what's it, his I, name it wasn't harry harry osborne yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. wow i love those films but that's you know with the silence thing where it's like it's just i guess it's movie making where it's just silence in there they you take in the scenery and stuff yeah. like in 12 years a slave I think that movie is so no, shit. No, 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 no. But the thing is, it's only silent because it's space, though. Yeah, but and then like, you know, there's an explosion in space and interstellar. Oh, is that what? Oh, okay, and it was okay. silent. And I, was I, like, I, I think, I think, I think gravity was in the same year as maybe um, 
Toby is a slave. Toby is a slave. And it was nominated and it didn't win. And I got really annoyed. But then I was like, oh, but Toby is a slave. Obviously, he had to win. You know? Why? No, I have. Of course, I had. I saw all of them. But terrible movie. I thought it. the it cinematography terrible. was doing too much. Too much. It was like, come on. Yeah, I get it. Why are you just showing me a lake for like 15 minutes? Like, I don't need to see that for 15 I minutes. Guess. But I, I feel like guess. for the culture, he needed to win. I guess it's like the story itself. Yeah. It's the story. The that's story, that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's But the movie making, I don't, I don't, did it win Best, best Director? Because that, no, it didn't. Yeah. But, but Lupita won Best Supporting Actress. Yeah, Supporting Actress. Wait, I don't, did I don't, it win Best Film? I don't think so. No, it did win Best Film. Oh, did it? Yeah, it won Best Film. It had to win Best Film. Why did it have Because to for the culture, like it was, at that point, it was a lot, but um, I don't think it won Best Director though. I, I think I think Django was better for the culture than Twelve. No, I, I did not think Django was good for the you culture. Are, you are mad. No, because I'm sorry, and but no I in that film there was a row of white people at the bottom, mm. and they were like, ha ha ha, bruv. I was going mad. I was at the top, like, why why are you laughing? But yeah. wait, hold why on. Why are you laughing? But there was no. I watched it in the cinema. Why am I like I was there? There were funny things in the movie though. It was yes, but it's just the concept. No, it's the fact that you, it's the fact that I you, wasn't. I wasn't about it. A Western comedy. Like a Western, as in a Western genre. So what? I wasn't about it. I don't know. Like it, it was a felt... funny film. Don't get me wrong. Like I was cracking I mean, up. You've done the same things with I mean... Inglorious Bastards, where with the um with the Jews, and he yeah. basically said in the interview, Inglorious Bastards to... is a great film, though. Yeah, I love it. It's a good film. That is the German three. <laughs> that really killed me. I love it when what's his name speaks German, man. Christopher Waltz. No, Fassbender. Fassbender. Mm. Oh, Fassbender is so hot. But um, anyway, yeah, but I, don't know about, <laughs> I don't know about Django though. For me, I was just a bit like, I enjoyed the story, and again, but it was all fant. Again, it was like, wow, okay, that could never have happened. But actually, it possibly, possibly yeah, but it, it's supp- it's supposed to be ridiculous. Yeah, it's supposed to be like get. What do you think of um? Yeah, Twelve Years a Slave won. Um. Best, best, best picture, picture. Oh, okay. um yes that's why i was happy because alfonso he won um best director for gravity oh, and that's okay. why i was like appeased because yes, I, I was yeah, like oh thank god yeah, yeah, because yeah, that film that. was brilliant I remember that, I remember that, I remember that. but then um what do you think of samuel jackson's performance in that shit. in django yes shit the uncle, the uncle Tom. i don't like it listen django yeah is basically just an episode of fucking boondocks mate true uncle ruckus no, is I'm I'm literally I mean there's an yeah, episode yeah. called oh, The Story of Catcher Freeman. Oh yeah, Jasmine. and I swear down the yeah. Tarantino must have watched that and thought, yeah, let's give this a fucking go. Make it a good <laughs> film. I'll be giving Seriously. their rounds. I was watching Boondocks yesterday. It's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So I just one more thing though mm. about um, we had a discussion the other day. Um, oh, I'm really and, spilling. And they were saying, um, what do you think about what do you think about Denzel Washington's acting? It's the same. It's not. I think do it you is. Think it, like, do you He's think, not Will Smith. Do you think when you, when you bring... When do you, you think Will Smith is the same? In every role, Will nah, Smith Nah, I don't think so. Get out of here. I don't think somebody so. Somebody was comparing Denzel to Leonardo DiCaprio. And I was like, Leonardo, DiCaprio, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio plays the same, pretty much the same roles. Wait, what? Yes, he, he does. He plays pretty much the same roles. Leonardo in, in DiCaprio. Yes, he does. You think his acting is the same? Look, think about it like this. All right, let's... How? All right, let's look at the films that he's in. For example, if Tarantino's done a film... He's gonna pick Leonardo DiCaprio. He's just, he's just written one. He's, yeah. gonna pick, yeah. he's gonna be in it as well. Yeah. But I mean, like when I think about things like him in Inception, him in um, Wolf of Wall Street. Okay, but that, that's, in... that's that's what that's the one that I want to say is very different. Mm. Hold on a minute. Let me ask you guys. Let's a go through the film that he's in and let's talk about. Wait. Them. Let's Fine. let no. Let me ask you guys a question. Right. When you're watching 
Leonardo DiCaprio in a role, mm-hmm. you know you're watching Leonardo DiCaprio. When you're watching Will Smith in a role, you know you're watching Will Smith in a role. When you watch Denzel okay, Washington... Okay, you're going on a bit. No, listen. <laughs> when, you, when you watch Denzel Washington in I Training Day... I, no. Okay, but Training Day is amazing. Watching, you forget yes. you're watching yes. Denzel Washington. Yes, that's what I want to say. Like, Training Day, brilliant. Like, when I watched that film, I, I went in thinking, I'm going to be watching Denzel Washington, right? And then I watched it and I was like, what? Yes, exactly. And just like... But um, everything Jamie else, Fox I'm Ray. watching Denzel yeah. Washington. Jamie Foxx and Ray. Jamie Foxx and Ray. Yeah, yeah. yes. But, but I then again, that's, that's impersonating somebody that's lived and has actually had those characteristics, right? Because obviously you're impersonating Ray Charles, so you've got to... You're always impersonating somebody, though. I mean... Exactly, that's No, acting. no, 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 no. Acting's creating the character. Yeah. But he's it was a biopic. Yeah, so, he had to, so he had to study Ray Charles. Does that make any sense? So yeah, but then sure I watched that, I watched Will Smith playing Muhammad Ali, and I'm still watching Will Smith fucking Smith, mate. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen Ali in ages. Oh, but I, like personally but for I me, Den- Denzel Training Day is the the best film that he's been in, mm. and everything else I I know like, he he's got. Ooh, he, I don't know about that. I think so. The best thing he's ever been in. The, the best thing he's like That's in terms of character wise. That's one he got an Oscar for. Yes, that's the one he got an Oscar for. But. Everything else, I know I'm... Like, for example, this new film he has coming out um, where he's got, like, this afro and he's this um, guy who was, like, real big in, like, civil rights, but now he like, is becoming a crook or whatever. Wait, so you're telling me when you watched American Gangster, you was watching Denzel Washington? You weren't. You were not watching Denzel Washington. I was. In American Gangster? Yeah, I... Don't got... tell me what I was. I, know, I was. I, know, I, mean, I know, but I'm just saying, like... And it's so funny because I watched I watched The Training Day and then the next day I watched American Gangster. Mm. So... Man. I was like, yeah, this that is, this movie is what I was expecting. That movie was. That new movie looks lit. Oh, really? Oh, no. The I wouldn't watch it. What? I wouldn't watch it because I'm like, okay, I know. I feel like I know what I'm getting into. Oh, like, the trailer told me everything I needed to know about that film. Mm. So that's why. But. I don't know, man. I don't know. I just feel like, you know, like, I, 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 did, feel that, I did feel that with Leo, like, you do see a lot of the same. Personally, I thing. feel like Leo and Johnny Depp are some of the diverse actors ever. Johnny Depp can. Johnny Depp is like. Apart from him, Johnny Depp, the person and the shit that he's in, <laughs> I think Johnny De- like Johnny Depp is one of my favorites. But can I tell you something? Johnny Depp has taken so many of those bizarre roles that now when you watch him playing a bizarre it's role, just, you know you're watching yeah, Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah, I get that, but it's still very bizarre. But then again, but then again, for example, um, Alice in Wonderland, Charlie Chocolate Factory, yeah. and the same Pirate. Of the Ed, Edward Scissorhands they're all the Edward same people Scissorhands but, but you know, you know, they're, they're very they're, they're very diverse they're, they're very Johnny Depp films to be in yes but when you're watching the character you're not you. I don't feel like I'm watching Johnny Depp I am because I know that he but I know that he's bringing something different to each um, of those characters that nobody no, no other actor could do do you see what I mean mm. like he's done Jack Sparrow Jack Sparrow would always be Johnny Depp nobody else could I know that. what you mean but you know I still saying? feel like I don't know like there's even Daniel Day Lewis anytime I watch him I forget I'm watching him I can understand that. Like, do you know what I mean? What are you, what are you looking I'm for? looking at, uh, that's it. I don't think that um, when I'm watching it, I'm watching Donny, Johnny Depp. I'm watching a Tim Burton movie. And that's the difference. That's what I was trying to say. Because uh, Johnny Depp is mm. literally in, is in literally every Tim Burton movie I can think of. Johnny Depp's in there. And, and let's not forget Helena Bottom Carter as well. Yeah, she's one of those. She's always there. She's always those. Do you know what I mean? But Wait, wasn't she his wife? Yeah, they broke up now though. Oh. Yeah. Tim yeah. But um, that's what I'm aware of. Not Johnny. Like Johnny Depp is always amazing in the role, but I'm watching a type of movie, which is a Tim Burton movie. And that's what makes it different for me. Fair enough. And Helena Bonham Carter is the same. I, I know I'm watching Helena Bonham Carter, except no, for a few things. That, no, just, the King's Speech. You, you're watching yeah, the Queen Yeah, that's, mother. yes. 
that. Sorry. Yeah. Like Harry Potter, but, you're watching um, Bellatrix Lestrange. No, you're Harry watching, Potter, I'm watching. You're watching. No, Bellatrix, I'm watching Helena Bonham Carter. I've seen her interviews and she's literally that way inclined. No. I personally think so. And also, after after Bellatrix, every role that Helena's in, I'm just like, oh, I'm just waiting for the who killed Sirius Black to just come out. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. But. Okay, cool. Well, rounding off. Yeah. Oh, I want to pick a director next week for this part. Go for it. Definitely. I know exactly how I'm going to go for it. it. Go for it. Go so for that it. was mostly flicks. Yeah. That was mostly flicks, guys. <laughs> if you have any comments Christopher on that. Christopher Nolan films that you thought. Yeah, that you thought. If you agreed with any of our points. Is The Prestige, the book, good? Have you read it, Derek? No, I think it's by a priest, isn't it? I can't remember his first mm. name. No son is priest, but I haven't read it. I'm going to get it, actually. It's a sci-fi masterworks, so it's probably good. I think I might watch it. Mm. I might watch it tonight. All right, bye. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> bye. <laughs> I had an icebreaker, but I don't think we have much time. Yeah. So we'll just move on to Ray's. Oh, Maybe right. Then. It's me. Yeah. Um... We'll make more time for it. <laughs> <laughs> but um... yeah, sorry, just quickly though, but I will be doing more icebreakers and then actually various things that would just get us talking and interested as to what you guys will, how you guys respond to certain questions I'm going to ask. But yeah, that's how I'm going to incorporate in, our, in my segment. Okay, so my woman of the week is a woman called, um, she's like, you've probably seen her on Twitter. Her name is Mariam Khan, and she has um, gotten a um, book deal um, with Picador. Is it Picador? Is that how you pronounce it? It sounds like Good. it. Um, Pan Macmillan, um, I think. <laughs> and, um, she's collating an, uh, a collection of essays by Muslim women, mm. um, and... I think it's amazing. It's kind of um, like I've seen a lot of these come up. Like there's one that's already published. I forgot the name of it, um, where it is a collection of essays by Muslim women. Yeah. Oh, there's Muslim one out already. Yeah, there's one out already. Oh. I've seen the cover of it. Um, okay. It's been out and then for a you've while. got cut from the same cloth as well. Yeah, and but she's... that's just hijabi women, isn't it? You know what? I actually don't know, but it's about hijab. But I don't know if every woman in oh, that wears hijab. hijab. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. Shout out to her. She's done a lot. Like, sh- I saw I was on Twitter and I was going, she was kind of saying all the things that she's been involved in and stuff. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I'll be one of the contributors to that. So quick plug. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. And Mariam Khan, she's amazing. Cool. Cool. Thank you for that, Ray. Cool. Thank you for that. Guys, um, we've come to the end of the road. End of the, the show. End the of the road. The book end. Um, the end of the chapter. chapter. Oh, that's how we should end our shit, guys. Really? It's the Absolutely end of the chapter. Not. Shut your mouth, Derek. The end of the yeah. chapter. Yeah. So this is the end of this chapter. Guys, every episode we're going to drop is going to be chapter boom, like House of Cards, even though that's going to be cancelled now because yeah, stupid Kevin, Kevin Spacey can't stop. Trash, man. Ugh. He's anyway. a trash guy. How are you going to be 26 and be... Anyway. I'm really pissed anyway. off because that, that show... It is a bit weird, though. I thought, okay, why bit... don't they just change the character? It, they can't, 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 can't do it. Again, this is what I'm really? saying. Yeah, it's you can't do it. Him. Literally. Like, there is nobody... He is. Like, like, that's what like, we're talking about. Yeah. The actors no, that, but you know, I'm sure they said the same thing about Charlie Sheen and Two and a Half Men, but they changed it to Ashton no, they killed. They killed him. <laughs> they killed him off yeah. and then brought in a new character. They didn't just change him. Oh, yeah. He's a they, new person. They killed oh, him yeah, off. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, did they kill? Did he die? Yes. <laughs> you can't. You can't get to Frank Underwood. There can so never be another Frank Underwood. But they should make it so his wife murders him, so that she can have complete power. Mad. She might. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm. Right, but anyway, it was it was finishing. It was finishing this season anyway. It was the last one. Was that the last season? Yeah. I didn't even know. You know. Yeah, they were finishing it anyway. So, so. is he? Is he being chopped with immediate effect? 
Um, well, basically, because I think that people at Netflix were they no, wanted Netflix, to no. of it, Netflix and then no, also people on it. people on set were like were saying that they were suffered sexual abuse by him. <gasps> yeah, there is, and then like everything's oh, coming out of the woodworks wow. now. But it was Hollywood's worst kept secret. Everybody knew yeah. about Spacey. Yeah, like even like there's, there's things I'd heard as like somebody worked in the media before. Wow. Also, and last like, night they released an um they suspended him, but basically it's saying. It's kind of like a, a, yeah. a road to letting him go. I bet, yeah. I bet, I bet that there's so many people in Hollywood right now who are shaking. Shaking because they know what's up. They know. Like, everything's, everything's going crazy. Everyone's like... Like, from Wein- from the time Weinstein... No, not everything's went, going crazy. Everything's insane. I mean, insane. not going crazy, but like, you know, they, it's happening. Everything's yeah. coming out of the woodwork. You see Alec Baldwin kind of jumped in there quickly and was like, yeah, 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 I bullied women. Like, he's trying to say it before he, uh, before uh, he got caught. Preempting the shit. He really came to do, oh, I'm just a, you know... Getting in, ahead of the story. You know, at my age, you know, the, the age that I'm from, blah, blah, blah. Dust, the era I'm from, the generation yeah. Dustin I'm Hoffman from. as well. Trash. Dustin, Dustin Hoffman as well. There comes, as soon as he said that, I in my mind, disgusting. I was thinking, criminals thrive on the indulgence. Oh, of my power. God. Because <laughs> that's what it is, isn't it? Thinking, oh, they'll understand. Yeah, they'll get it, you know. Yeah. Let's portray myself in it. So, but anyways, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, so... Kevin Spacey, man. Which Tell is... us how you read, guys. Tell us how you read. <laughs> also, can I just say that the the editor, whoever was in charge of doing a two-line spacing in Philip Pullman's book. On, yeah. In hardback. You're in hardback. Find, you're um, find that. I, I feel like it you're is two, in... two-line, yeah. You're going to find that in a hardback. Yeah, but not every hardback. Uh, not every hardback. Not every hardback. I'm disgusted. This book is 500 and something pages long. Like, bruv, you could have just really... You did a madness. You thought, oh, let me make it bigger so it's more majestic. Come on, man. I but, really don't like the cover. Yeah, but Ray, this is this is a children's book. I know, but I'm not a fan of it. Like, lugging it around. It's the book of dust, guys. It's what she's talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you want it to be like Wordsworth Classic where everything's <laughs> clunked together? Well, I, pref- I don't know, but just... You need to shut your mouth. Just Anyways, um, right, you were doing a madness on this and you should need to fix up. <laughs> anyway. Guys, let us know what you think about this episode. Remember to email us, mostlylit at gmail.com. Rate, review, subscribe. It's out on our SoundCloud. Yep, like, share, subscribe. Leave uh, a comment too. Leave a comment too. We, we actually read, read the comments. We read the comments. We engage in the comments and stuff. We'll, so we'll talk about it in our group chat. Yeah. The one that Derek is not in. <laughs> um, um, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, mostlylitpod. Twitter is at mostlylit. Cheers, and guys. All of us are out here individually, barring Derek, but online. He's know, there. He's there, but... I'm never coming back to He's Twitter. Anyway. Catch uh, me on Blitter. Catch me outside. <laughs> but guys, catch you guys later. Bye. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.